Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. I hope you guys are keeping safe in this weird time. Um, so I am very, very grateful for you guys listening. The listenership has gone mental. Um, hopefully the listenership stays up there. I hope you guys are keeping safe as well. So this episode today is part two of uh, Jane coming back onto the podcast. I've spoken with Jane a good bit off air um, and I've been speaking to Jane for a good bit and I'm very, very lucky to have Jane O'Toole back on. Uh, so Jane is a fellow MNU certified nutritionist, a PN1 sports nutritionist. Jane's message is, is incredible. It's very no BS approach to nutrition, no BS approach to life very mindset orientated as well and i think that's what i lead a lot of people that's why i particularly am drawn into her content i think that's why a lot of other people are drawn in trains hard promotes balance which i think a lot of people we live in a world of extremes particularly what's going on now and promoting balance is is the key to and that is jane's message as well jane is also taking on coaching which is available at www.jane underscore real nutrition.com so thank you jane for coming, for coming back onto the podcast today Thank you so much for having me back. I'm delighted to be back and it's always great to chat to you. How are we doing with what is going on at the minute? It's a bit surreal, isn't it? It's all a bit a bit strange, a bit uncertain, but you know me, I like to keep a positive mindset about things. I try and see the best in situations, but I have absolutely gone through every spectrum of the emotional roller coaster like I'm sure everyone else has as well yeah I have to be honest about it like I've, I've had the anxious moments the stressed out moments the WTF moments that have happened throughout it but um very much focused on the positive side of things what I can do focusing on the present what can I do what is within my control what things can I put in place and structure to make this as, as good for me as I can, as positive an experience that I can come out of it healthy and ready to go, you know, and I think that's all we can do is try to look at what we can be grateful for and what we can do in the broader spectrum to help others and to support the initiatives that are going on around the world, like social distancing and hygiene practices, just to look beyond ourselves a little bit and then support ourselves and others. Very much my focus on it and, you know, creating crazy home workouts and not killing one of my rabbits at the same time <laughs> throwing weights around i didn't even think of the rabbits jane has two amazing rabbits in her house uh, but i can see if you look at jane's instagram you can see her training and i didn't even think of the rabbits when you were kind of doing your workouts and stuff like that so how do you think <laughs> of the rabbits <laughs> um you mentioned there about kind of making sure you're kind of keeping a level head and we were we were talking off air about the podcast that Danny Lennon of Sigma Nutrition who's been on the podcast before um about kind of making sure that you are kind of taking one step forward and he uses an amazing analogy we're kind of regarding the seal training um could you kind of go into that in a little bit of detail on how to apply that to what's going on at the minute and how people can apply that to either their their fitness journey their weight loss journey or even just more importantly their own mindset and mental health with people right now it's like a massive thing like that podcast that you mentioned with um doc parsley and danny lennon was very much focused like he's a sleep specialist and that was what they were delving into there a lot of brilliant brilliant episode i love if everybody listened to it i think absolutely everybody no matter your level of knowledge about nutrition or well-being or health and fitness everybody can get something from that 
that um that podcast it's unbelievable um I think the main point from it though is something that like we we reiterate to people is the importance of sleep all the time for every parameter of our health sleep is hugely important and you know it's people don't seem to it still doesn't seem to mesh with people that they can train all they want they can even eat the right food but if you're not sleeping it's like throwing spaghetti against a wall i think they use the allergy pissing in the wind work away work away and you're it's just it's it becomes almost pointless to a degree if you're not if you're not getting sufficient sleep it can't, like the the ramifications on your health both physical and mental are huge and right now i think given this current climate have the opportunity a lot of people are we're, we're at home a lot more the one thing we can control and that is within our control and creating a structure is taking control of our sleep is working on our sleep and our stress like and both of them go hand in hand you know like if you're not getting enough sleep it has a knock-on effect with your stress levels and they are two things that we we can work on right now to help support us if you can work on your stress levels by you know things like journaling like if you've got like a very busy hectic mind and you can't relax write out your thoughts if you you know have a load of things that you want to get done the next day and I think Doc Parsley suggested this one and it's to write out a checklist and that's something I would do myself like I will write write out a list of what I need to do the next day to get it out of my head because when you're about to go to sleep you can't do anything about it so get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper you know I'm a big fan of journaling in general to help with your thoughts and help clear your mind meditation like if the idea of getting solely into meditation you know you, you can't you can't fathom yourself doing it i highly recommend downloading an app like calm or head first or 10 percent happier and starting with some breathing drills you know breathing drills like box breathing which is like that four seconds in hold for four seconds four seconds out repeat that's a great start use with calm the calm app has sleep stories that i'm currently addicted to and it's like takes me back to childhood where you know, you've got this soothing tones, reading stories, and that's really helpful for sleep as well. And it's it's kind of in the meditative realm because um, it brings you into that zone. So combining that, like working on your, your stress levels through med- like meditation, breathing, journaling, then bring that into working on your sleep, trying to calm yourself down to get more sleep, get your seven to nine hours a night. They are two things right now that no matter your situation, are with, unless you're unless you're a doctor out on like the front line or a medical professional for most of us they're within our control right now to work on and if you can work on them now and set them in place as foundations it's going to stand to you long term no matter what your goals are like any of your goals and right now your most your, your biggest priority right now should be health you know managing your mental health and your physical health and stress stress reduction and sleep management are going to be your biggest weapons against anything that you're going to come across. Yeah, I think I think the sleep tool has always been underutilized. And I think it's one thing that we, including myself, have fallen into the rabbit hole, pardon the pun, of not getting enough sleep. I know when I was doing face-to-face, my, my sleep was utter. Like, I was sleeping, but it wasn't long enough, and I felt like crap, and it came to a head. But... 
if we can not that you're going to try and play catch up but now if you have this time off and you're saying to yourself i'm going to turn off social media i'm going to turn off the news i'm going to turn off house party whatever it may be at like an hour an hour and a half before you go to bed try to unwind try to do a little bit of journaling as jane has spoken about the journaling has definitely helped me i know do you do it the first thing in the morning i think and i do it i do both yeah i do i well i practice gratitude so i use um i have a five minute journal it's like i'm actually onto my second or third now i think um but i would write my three things i'm grateful for in the morning three things that would make the day great and then before i go to bed at night that has an option of three positive things that happened so i start my day positively and i end my day positively and i i find that brilliant and then i have a notebook beside my bed for thoughts (laughs) that if i if my head is just super busy or you know there's things i feel i need to get done the next day that i can't get out of my head i'll write them down and I also, my calendar, my phone is always full of things and it can be full of the most random of things. Like, you know, I've just got used to the habit of putting things into my calendar for the next day, be they work, be they personal, be they anything. Like from last year, like, as you know, like I was, I've spoken about like some time at a counselor in that and she forced me to um, schedule in self-care because if I wasn't giving myself the time I needed to do things like have a bath read you know take the time out for myself to just prioritize my own well-being and I got into a real habit then of you know if I am if things do get overwhelming like times right now for everybody out there this is going to get a bit overwhelming sometimes everybody this is hitting everyone in some way every one of us is impacted by this in some way you know like some in different layers worse than others you know financially emotionally physically it's impacting us all connection worry about family and friends you know if there is a way that we can make that easier for ourselves to be able to create some structure some normality some routine and calm our busy minds then we should do it so taking the time to create routine and structure even with the most simple tasks of like today i am going to you know i might have some work you schedule that in then you can look at like I'm going to do some training or activity, schedule that in. Then I'm going to read a book or watch a movie, even something simple like that, just to have a focus each day of things that you want to achieve, things that give you purpose, you know, and keep you structured. I have clients doing it who've been very thrown off. It's just like I want them to message me three things every day that's their focus for accountability with me I'll do it myself but I want them to have that accountability and it can be anything it can be baking it can be you know journaling it can be practicing gratitude it can be anything but I want them to have that purpose and structure every single day because it will be so beneficial and it helps yeah to give you purpose and it's not what we all need in our day really yeah um i think that is i think that is the biggest thing that a lot of not the biggest thing but one of the main things that the feedback that i've gotten from people as well um through dms and from working with the clients as well is the whole thing that their routine has been thrown off unfortunately this is our norm for the next little while we don't know how long it's going to go on for but we have to adapt to the situation and if you can control what you're doing for the day, I'm not saying like a bit, an army boot camp person saying must be done on the air every hour or whatever. It's literally saying, as Jane says, which is having three small little goals and little tasks that you want to complete, whether it be kind of going for a half an hour walk with no headphones, spending a little bit of time with your kids, getting the kids involved with the bacon or whatever it may be. And those small little wins, as long as you're putting one front foot in front of the other, 
you're 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 on the right path rather than kind of going backwards i think that's what a lot of people are there's a lot of uncertainty out there but if you're kind of putting one foot in front of the other you're still going forward controlling the variables that you can like being present in the here and now and focusing on what you can do and not what you can't do not what's been taken away from you it's like what can you do right now to make your circumstances better to make the circumstances of those you love better you know that's that's what you need to focus on as much as you can we can get very drawn into thinking about the past and that can cause us a lot of anxiety and like then you can we get start thinking about the future and so much right now is out of our control you know there's so many things that there's no way that we can control so just deal with what you can in the here and now and make the best of it that you can you know be kind to yourself and manage i think a big thing is as well as like when we're saying create structure and routine it's also managing your expectations of yourself especially with your workload even those who are working from home and can work from home it's like don't expect yourself to be as productive as you would be normally i think it's like have your structure in place set your structure in place be as productive as you can but manage your expectations of yourself because there is a lot going on in the world right now psychologically underlying we're all going to have a little flurry of thoughts and different emotions and like confusion and like that stress can even be underlying in your mind you know and that's going to impact your concentration sometimes to a certain degree so I do think probably take more breaks when you can like to go for a little walk or to just decompress and be kind to yourself and managing your expectations of what you can achieve each day but make sure you do have some structure and tasks I know like that kind of might sound like it conflicts but it, it's like just be have your structure have your tasks but don't overshoot yeah manage your expectations the the bit that's gonna I know we've spoken like off air um I don't always have a microphone in front of me but <laughs> But Jane and I have spoken personally about kind of like important talking to yourself, um, act, talking to yourself kindly. And that's one bit that I have struggled with kind of in my 20s and stuff like that. It's still a work in progress. But I think a lot of us wouldn't necessarily speak to others the way that we speak to ourselves. And I think this is potentially with a little bit of downtime is the time to potentially kind of do a little bit of reflection saying is my the right ladder up against the right wall. Uh, you could potentially move a little bit you could this could be an opportunity for you to try and look at a, a particular job that you, or a field or whatever it may be to kind of go down to like Jane and I have had so-called real jobs Jane still has a real job as well as doing this I um but you can you can do stuff on the side and then potentially make it like your career if you wanted to and that's not I'm not telling anyone to do that I just know from doing a little bit of self-reflection over the years that when you're having a little bit of downtime it's probably the time to do it and try not to stress out about it too much uh, it's easier said than done and if you are struggling please do reach out to a mental health professional i'll be lucky enough to have a mental health professional on next week um, to talk about certain things and how different things are affecting the mind and stuff like that which I'm really excited for and Jane knows who it is so she's not allowed to say I'm super excited for it too uh, so we're not allowed to say um, <laughs> that was for my benefit <laughs> yeah it was because I knew you were going to say I looked at the camera I could see Jane going the eyes <laughs> um, we are sometimes at the minute like there is going to be a little bit like there is going to be a lot of downtime and boredom eating and emotional eating 
is one of the areas that Jane likes to talk about a lot and I think it's very very on point with what's going on at the minute have you got any tips or any cues that you are working with your your clients with or any advice for anyone out there that is struggling with this because it, it, it is going to happen um so i just if you have any tips that you have you have would be amazing first and foremost with it it's like again it's around managing managing your expectations of what's going to happen to your body over the next while is really really important it's like I think your goals, everyone's goals might shift a little bit more towards health and maintaining your health. And when it comes to boredom eating and emotional eating, I think the initial few weeks were really difficult for everybody because they're very thrown off. Um, everything was thrown off. Their normal eating habits, their normal goals, normal training, work and everything. And people fell into the habit of snacking a bit more, eating a bit more. And people got really fearful that this is the way it's going to be for the foreseeable if this goes on for a while but I think now everyone's settling in a little bit more that's that's calming down a wee bit or maybe people are managing their expectations of themselves a wee bit but for those who do struggle with boredom eating and emotional eating I do have a few different layers of approaches and tips that can help first firstly it's understanding the reason behind it like when it comes to emotional eating it's it's never really about the food it's about not facing up to feelings or like you're feeding instead of facing up to things. That's that's the, the phrase I use, I've used previously and on talks I've done is like that you feeding instead of facing. And you're not eating out of hunger, you're eating out of boredom, you're eating out of distraction or you're eating not to face uncomfortable emotions. You're trying to stuff these feelings away or distract yourself from them instead of facing up to them. So when it comes to emotional eating, typically, like, it's trying to address what's behind it is the big thing to do. It's like understanding what's behind it. So I always say to initially is to give yourself five to ten minutes to make another choice. When you the urge to the urge to eat hits, when the urge to go get more snacks when you know you're not genuinely hungry, stop for five minutes. Say to yourself, am I actually hungry? Am I hungry? Is that what's wrong? Or is it something else? And try to sit with it. It might be uncomfortable sometimes, you know, but that's what you need to, you need to work through that. You need to sit with that and it gets easier. Sit with the feeling of discomfort. Go, what is it really? Am I thirsty? Start with the simple stuff. Can I can I eliminate this with, am I thirsty? Okay, I'll have a glass of water, make a herbal tea. That will at least distract you for five minutes, even if it's not that. And then you'll be thinking about more. You'll know you're not hungry. Or am I, am I bored? Like, do I have, like, energy that I need to expend? It's like, okay, I'm bored, so what can I do to expend that energy? You know, be it, like, read a bit of a book, knock on a podcast, go for a walk, dance around to your favorite music, you know, play with your dog or your rabbit, in my case, or, or your kids. Jesus, that came last on the list. <laughs> for normal people, that might come first. <laughs> play with your dog or your rabbit, yeah. But, you know, do something that's going to kind of expend that energy and distract you positively from it like if it is if you're lonely loneliness can be a big part of it too and that's something that a lot of people are going to encounter right now a lack of connection that they don't have is there somebody you can call is there someone you can skype is there somebody you can chat to and reach out to you know or do something that makes you feel better go have a bath go have a shower you know they're the kind of there will be a lot of the main tools for the emotional eating side of things 
But along with that, there are other things to do to support the process whilst you're trying to deal with the emotions. Is it is it boredom? Is it loneliness? Is it emotional eating? Is it stress related? You can support the process by adapting your environment to suit it. Like a lot of people expect willpower to kick in or like we should be able to do this. I should be able to stop eating. I should be able to whatever. And should does not serve you. Should gets you nowhere. There's a lot of things we all should be able to do. And we can't, don't, or like, you know, have, have roadblocks in front of us. It's like support the process. Make it easier for yourself to build better habit habits. So change your food environment. If you're, you find there's certain foods that you go and snack on more frequently or you're inclined to overeat, I would limit them, you know, within within your food environment. You don't need to buy all the like biscuits or sweets or chocolate. You know, you don't need to make those excuses to yourself that you should be able to have them in the house and not eat them. No, like remove them from the house. Remove them from your from your sight or from your thoughts if they're what's if if they're what you're like led to when you want to eat out of boredom. Have snacks available that are more nourishing, lower calorie, lower energy, like, you know, vegetable crudits and things like that, even, you know, some salsa, which is life or dip, things like that, that are kind of, you will only snack on if you really want them, if you have the munchies, like, or have food only available that you have to prepare, you know, nourishing food that's going to fill you and satiate you, focus on having good solid meals that are going to support your health with like protein in them, that's going to fill you up for longer, make sure you are nourished and full and not restricted, by your meals that you're going to be led to snack either and then don't have stuff that you tend to like hyper palatable foods that you tend to be drawn to more and tend to overeat like sugary foods high fat foods like biscuits cake a lot of the processed stuff they're hyper palatable they're easy to overeat for everybody you know very easy to overdo and if they're what you're going to don't have them around I also say like kind of again what we spoke about earlier with sleep Make sure you're getting enough sleep because sleep is an awful culprit for causing you to like eat with abandonment and like not have any not have any control over yourself to be able to lose control. You're not yourself when you're you haven't slept. Like you will just you're more inclined to mindlessly eat. And like in saying that as well, like incorporating more mindful eating practices along with like mitigating the mindless eating by getting some sleep managing stress a little bit to then incorporate some mindful eating practices which means slowing down like slow down with all your meals all your snacks give yourself a chance to realize that you're full if you take 10 minutes minimum to eat your meals and even your snacks and actually sit down be present eat them savor them chew your food fully until like it melts and it's absorbed in your mouth like it's like chew everything thoroughly you have a chance to realize you're full and you're going to more likely than not stop when you're full. When you're eating out of boredom, we tend to stuff things in really, really quickly and don't take the time to savor it because it is just trying to stuff away something else. You're trying to stuff away an emotion, you know, like I think recently I, I posted again about um some mindful techniques like urge surfing and things like that that are used for addiction and for like um, disordered eating practices and things like that and it's like from the the idea of decentering is um part of mindfulness and that's where like urge surfing stems from and it's taking yourself away from a situation like focusing on the fact with decentering they use like a river and not getting washed away that if you can stay present and mindful when the urge hits an urge of any kind hits and 
know that you can you can hold fast and not get washed away and it gets easier and easier every time and we're urge surfing which is the one I would have I would have known before I ever even knew I was using mindful practice I use this tool and with that it's like the knowledge that all urges well an urge will come along all urges are going to ramp up like a wave and reach a peak and if you can surf that peak it's always going to come down and if you focus on the knowledge that if you're in that moment of a difficult feeling, of a, dif- a difficult urge to go snack on something, to go eat something even though you don't really want to and you're not hungry, if you can sit with that, like for that present moment, knowing it's going to ramp up, it's going to feel real uncomfortable because you're probably going to have to think about why you, you're getting this urge. And if you can write that out, it's going to come down. What goes up must come down. And it always does, always does. And, you know, the more and more you do that, the easier it gets like every time it gets easier and easier but like anything you have to practice it and that's a tool that will be is used in, in addiction at times and stuff as well but it's it's something that's such a simple thought process that like we can all apply it to so many different aspects of like our life and nutrition and stuff like that when you're stressed out even it's like when feelings are are getting rife and you're feeling really really anxious or stressed it's trying to sit with it and know that it will pass and being able to tell yourself that it's going to pass it's like self-soothing so to speak I think like and I think that that's a really really useful tool as well so yeah it's pretty much sit with the feelings give yourself a chance to make a different decision see if you're thirsty see if you're bored find ways to deal with the actual issue not the distraction and support yourself with your environment and eat more mindfully and be present I love those. I love those tools. I think they're they're incredible tips. Um, and I think the one that I think has been very present in the media is to try and avoid bulk buying. Yes. To add on to that, because there for a while it seems to have calmed down a little bit or a good bit, uh, which was a lot of people were just like bulk buying bog roll for some reason. I don't know why, but we just we we just lost we lost it completely, but. I think the UK were worse than, than yeah. Remember Brennan, like, <laughs> like bog roll and Brennan's. Like, what is wrong with those people? Yeah, uh, I forgot about the Brennan's when the snow was here. Yeah. <laughs> Red gate. Yeah, um, but if you can, if you can avoid trying doing the bulk buying, I know when I was a kid, when my parents did the weekly shop, mm-hmm. and they brought back the weekly shop, I'd go straight for the good stuff, like the sugary, heavy carbohydrates, fatty foods. And then they'd be gone by the end of the day or by the weekend. And that would be, then the rest of the stuff, I'd be like wandering around the presses and I'd be like, no, there's no food left. And I'm like, there's a full week's food left. But what my advice would be, why don't you get a little, try this opportunity to try and create a healthy habit of trying to get a little bit more fruit into your diet and have a bit of fruit lying on the kitchen table or your desktop or whatever it may be. Uh, and try to mindfully eat that and that could that could definitely help with getting a little bit more vitamins a little bit more minerals and also can help with fiber and keep keep you keep you regular uh with, with your body and stuff like that so the, i love that the urge surfing i'm, gonna, I'm definitely gonna look more into more detail with that and try to try and help the the clients uh with, with that side of stuff there are there are a lot of ass hats out there at the minute <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> I'm gonna have to use that. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this question. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a lot of ass hats because I'm trying to be polite and I don't want to curse today. Um, 
about promoting immune boosting supplements. Yeah. And a lot of them are plugging it. A lot of them, a lot of people are saying a lot of things out in the media. A lot of people are saying a lot of things on social media, which is being read and being shared and all this kind of stuff. I got shared something earlier by someone I know and it, it, it hurt my eyes. Uh, it was about immune boosting supplements and they're asking me, was this the, the truth or whatever? What does the evidence say, Jane, on evidence on immune boosting supplements and what can we, where to kind of get the information regarding this side of stuff? Uh, can, can people be, where, where to get the information from? All right, so when it comes to like immune boosting supplements, like one specific supplement, this is a this is back again at the whole like looking for a magic pill or potion that's just gonna like be a cure all. It's like when it comes to your immune system being healthy, it's a culmination of factors over years. You know what I mean? Of lifestyle, nutrition, activity, support that like builds a healthy immune system. Like outside of if, if you've got pre existing conditions that impact it or, or have diseases or disorders that cause problems to it, our immune system gets strong and healthy over time being supported. One supplement that pill that you take in the next few weeks isn't gonna isn't gonna change anything. And I think it's disgusting that people are using like the COVID nineteen situation to prey on people's vulnerabilities but i don't know why i'm surprised by this because this is exactly what the snake oil salesman and these people always do they always prey on people's vulnerabilities because that's the easiest sell and no there's no one supplement that's going to make this go away make this easier suddenly like immune proof you from everything that's going on right now you can however support a healthy immune system and there's lots of ways that you can do that and you can start to support yourself and take care of your your immune system and your health better from now from today you've probably hopefully been doing a lot of these things already hopefully everybody has but it to support a healthy immune system takes time and it takes effort and it's a broad variety of things that do it and it it really is things like sleep i'm going to bring back in again sorry lads but i'm just going to keep like drilling that one home because even for myself like i'm just obsessed with it right now thinking about it but sleep is going to help every parameter of your well-being like seriously if you want to be healthy if you want to improve your immune system and your immune health start getting some sleep everything else is just like the icing on the cake on top of it get your sleep in you're going to need to manage your stress because cortisol does compromise your immune system especially like if you're chronically stressed and you've elevated cortisol like over a long period of time stress will will impact it and stress will also then have a knock-on effect with your sleep and so they're like they're a dangerous combination that feed off each other they're like a really bad relationship you know they just they just go so well together but tear each other apart you know take you down with them it's like you have to you have to support those so sleep and stress management and we've talked about some tips on how to how to manage them already today eat enough so you need to eat enough to support your health you shouldn't be dieting at too big a deficit too long term you know long-term dieting can have an impact on your immune immune system and your immune health so right now like i will be advising most of my clients to just aim to maintain like don't look at dieting just stay healthy is the focus right now and nourish and being on an extreme calorie deficit right now is not a good idea you want to be as keep your immune system as strong as you can and not do anything that will compromise it 
sufficient protein we know i'm obsessed with protein i've done entire talks and weeks of posts on it protein beyond muscle gain beyond fat loss which is all we tend to focus on protein actually supports your immunity as well it's a massive support in health and it is a focus that should should it should be a focus for this period of time and always for your whole life beyond the whole fat loss muscle gain for your your immune health protein is really important the variety of fruits and veggies eating as many colors as you can getting in as many micronutrients fiber massive impact on your immune health like make that a challenge for you right now like try new veggies i've i've done that with clients where i've been like trying new vegetable every week for people who don't eat veggies and it's amazing how their palate changes and grows and develops and the introduction of all these different colors do that like right now you might have to experiment if you can't have access to all the foods and fruits you want start buying different tins of legumes legumes are fiber rich full of nutrients you know you can class them as a vegetable you know they're going to provide a lot of the same nutrients so try different tinned legumes they're still good for you try some of the dried legumes get frozen veggies in they've just as many nutrients don't be afraid of trying all these new things and challenge yourself to cook and create new meals you know use this as an opportunity to be creative and that's a really important thing so veggies um supplement wise yeah there are supportive supplements um i always say if you think you have a deficiency or you're concerned go get your bloods done and confirm it and don't don't blindly supplement loads of things that you're advised but we can say like that vitamin d3 um, is super supportive to your immune system and it's very positive not going to get a lot of sunshine right now um, and that is our main source of vitamin d3 so i would suggest that people consider supplementing that um right now for sure but even from i usually say at a minimum from march uh, from october to march every year it's a good idea particularly in ireland and england to to supplement with it vitamin c and zinc can be supportive for immune health and definitely omega-3 is supportive and it's supportive for a lot of other parameters of our health too and um, from fish oil focus on epa and dha content um if you don't eat a lot of oily fish then supplement if you do eat a lot of oily fish you're probably grand and then i would say if you're vegan and you want to get omega-3 in, look for an algae supplement and they're probably the only three supplements i would i would recommend but like people could correct me if I'm wrong there, but they will be the three that I would know to be evidence-based and can provide support for our immune system. But instead, if people are concerned about any deficiencies, do get your blood work done, you know. Other, other, if there is, if you are deficient in other vitamins, they could have a negative impact. So do get them checked. But if you've got a really varied diet and you're covering all the parameters of that that we've talked about, then you should be able to support your immune system. And because it's me, and I can't let this one go either, it's not just sleep again, mindset, positivity, thinking positively, um, practicing gratitude, maintaining your mental health and your well-being is going to have a massive impact on your immune health. You know, trying to think positively, trying to connect with people and help them to think positively. You know, I, I can't miss an opportunity to add that in because positive mindset is really really important on your overall health physical and cognitive so i think that that would be my spectrum for immune immune boosting when you you were talking about the supplements it it was like i was listening to a martin mcdonald lecture from the mnu course it was (laughs) that's a compliment um no it was this year it was just like 
boom 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 yeah it was uh no that was really really helpful uh i think the algae one is i think a one a lot of people don't realize for vegans and stuff yeah. like that um no, no, like a lot of vegans go for something um, a lot of vegans go for flaxseed because yeah. it it does have omega-3 in it but it's it doesn't it doesn't work in the same way like um epa and dha is what you need to get and like it doesn't convert from flax to the EPA and DHA which is what you need whilst algae does so that's a big one for vegans perfect um, you mentioned stress and we've mentioned stress and sleep but when we are stressed there is a there is kind of information out there saying that when we get stressed it holds on to our fat cells and we get yes you did an amazing post on this uh, a little while ago um if cortisol is holding on to those fat cells for their life or sabotaging your efforts is there truth around this and can you please expand so this is another one with a little bit of, a couple of layers stress is linked to fat gain yeah like it is there is a there is a link there and managing stress is a very is a is positive for our health and it is it is supportive to fat loss but the reasons are not what people can think. There's a there's the idea that increased cortisol leads us to, as you said, like retain fat or gain fat. Um, but studies have been done on this, and it's it's just it's not the case. You know, cord, increased cortisol does not make us gain body fat. What it is is when you you increase cortisol does lead us to retain water. However, so it does have an impact on weight gain. But as we know, like water retention and weight gain isn't necessarily anything to do with fat where the issue is um, when it comes to stress and gaining body fat is sleep gets impacted which means that you are more lethargic you don't move around as much neat drops which is like our like day-to-day -day movement moving around all those things we do walking around the energy we can give to things you know we we move less so we burn less energy then as well as that like disinhibited eating you're going around you're going to eat mindlessly you're going to eat without realizing you're eating as much as you are you're not going to be as in control of your portions you're going to be hungrier because you've got low energy you're going to want to reach for sugary food because our brain is really freaking smart and it's going to be like i want sugar because that's fast energy go eat the cookies you know that's what's going to go on like our body's going to like our mind and body are going to work against us and that's what cortisol and increased stress leads to it leads to all of those things so yeah managing stress will help your fat loss goals but being stressed does not mean that cortisol is holding on to your fat or preventing you from losing body fat in that respect it is the actions that it's causing you to take part in it's it's what it's causing you to do so you need to manage your stress and manage your behaviors that are are led by stress i think that makes sense does it yeah i yeah i was going through it in my head i was kind of, when you were talking i was like boom yeah it's it leads to the actions rather than the actual process yeah it's the actions it's what you do because you're stressed not cortisol cortisol is not the issue cortisol has no relationship with your fat it does cause water retention and being stressed will lead you to behaviors that will cause you to overeat or it will lead you to behaviors that cause you to feel lethargic you're not sleeping you're low energy you're not going to move as much you're not going to be able to train as hard you're not going to walk as much like and so that's going to mean you're burning 
less energy day to day. Like if you think about it, there there are people who's who lose weight when they're stressed. Like how, how does that fit if stress makes you hold on to body fat? And it's because they lose their appetite and they get a bit more wired and they probably move around a bit more and like they're like high energy. And like, you know, there are people that have like, like they get this level of functional stress until they crash and burn, you know, but that's, that's the difference. And you have to look at it in that spectrum. It's like some lose their appetite, some others take their appetite and like get double, like and eat more when they're stressed. So when you look at it in that spectrum, it's very conflicted. So it kind of demonstrates the fact that it's not cortisol holding onto our fat in the simplest term. Yeah, I, I would be one of those that when I get stressed, I don't really eat. When I'm when it came up to like the MNU exams, yeah, food was not on my priority list. So it was literally just trying to eat when I could and trying to sit myself down for three solid meals. And then anything outside that was a bonus. But I think that has to be the advice for at the minute as well. If you can yeah. sit yourself down, because I, I I am finding from DMs and stuff like that are coming in, and then messages from clients is that they're not really that hungry. It's your neat levels are a little bit more down. You could be a little bit more stressed, and you are struggling to kind of get food in. But if you can kind of say, I'm not saying have this massive meal. I'm never saying having a massive meal in front of you, or whatever. But what I am saying is try to make a plan. Try to make a schedule. Saying right, I'm going to sit down for breakfast. I'm mindful eating breakfast. I'm mindful eating lunch including plenty of protein and veg and then plenty of protein and veg for your dinner and then making sure your sleep is on top of that and that you'll feel so much better um, yeah. I, and even the ones that were were freak people that were freaking out potentially like a week or 10 days ago they're the ones now that feel so much better and they're ready to kind of go they're kicking they're kicking ass at the training they're managing to get their walks out and they feel so much better mentally it's it's literally the small little tweaks that you can do will make so much effort on the long term for your mental health and for your body overall you don't want to come out of this unhealthy no. like and that's the it you're like your body changing gaining a little bit of body fat or like being a bit softer all that stuff does not matter damn comparative to you you want to come out of this healthy so you want to be nourished you want to make sure you are getting your protein in your veggies you're you're taking the like vitamin d and stuff if you if you're not getting outside you want to come out of this healthy you don't want to get back to normal with your with like yeah you haven't been supporting your immune system you haven't been sleeping you haven't been active you don't like it's very important to keep yourself healthy right now more than ever and that will involve nourishment and activity like people are saying their appetite is lessened and it's understandable but there's also people thinking their appetite is lessened so they're not sitting down and eating nourishing meals and they're grazing and snacking and they have no idea of what they're eating because they are grazing and snacking they are probably eating more than they need but they're not sitting down to a nourishing meal. And so right now I think it's very important, yeah, to we mind our mental health, we mind our physical health, make sure you're, you're focused on, on nourishing all of them, you know, active however you can be active, you know, not necessarily to make any brilliant gains, but just to keep your yourself healthy, keep yourself moving. Like that that's the priority right now, to use, use this opportunity to take a step back to sleep, to practice things like mindfulness that you haven't done before or you felt you hadn't had time to do before. Now is the time to do it, you know, and try and come out of this with some practices and some shifted mindset and shifted priorities that are going to be beneficial to you long term. Be healthier, you know, be, yeah. be, a, be a better human. <laughs> just be set, just be sound. Um, yeah. No, but I think if you come out of this, if fingers crossed, everyone does, but if we come out of this with our health and you've got some sort of healthy f habit forming 
I think that is a huge win for you in the long run. And that could be that you are literally doing the journaling like that Jane and I are huge advocates of, or if it's trying to make more contact with those around you. Like we live in a communication overload. We have like house party is rampant at the minute. I've got a poker game with the lads from like some of the lads are in New York, some of the lads are in Australia on tomorrow night. So we're in an information overload, but I think a lot of us are afraid to pick up a phone still. We hide behind a screen, we hide behind a keyboard, we hide behind a phone, but we're still, we're too afraid to potentially ask for help. And that leads me into an amazing book that I have been spouting on about for the last few weeks. Uh, and, it's, uh, <laughs> and it's Jane's fault. Uh, <laughs> So it's a book by Amanda Palmer. Um, it's called The Art of Asking. I remember when I saw the cover for the book, I was like, Jane, I don't know if this is going to be for me. It's very, it's very Indian, no offense, feminine. And I was like, I don't know if this is for me, but I, uh, I adopted my feminine side and I loved it. Um, but I think like The Art of Asking for Help and The Art of Asking, I think is one of those things that is potentially a dying art. Um, I think it is a dying art, but I think a lot of people are more are embarrassed. Um, they're great at giving advice out, mm-hmm. but we're not a great at potentially applying it to our own lives. Can you talk about not being afraid to ask for help, and also a little bit more detail about the book and the amazing Amanda um, herself? Like Amanda Palmer, like, yeah, she is a, a music star. That's what she's known of, known as. She's done some amazing work. She's part of the Dresden Dolls. She's done massive um, TED Talk, which was like, she kind of went, it's kind of similar to Brene Brown in that where she went out completely oblivious to the impact her TED Talk was going to have. Now, I'm like, similar to me passing it on to you, it was Danny Lennon actually recommended I read this book. Oh, really? Yeah, after having... A day of chats like we would like same kind of like we go down the rabbit hole of chats um about four coffees later and he's like you need to read this book you're gonna love her and I he sent me the Tim Ferriss um did an interview with her and sent that to me and I ordered the book the same day and just completely and utterly like I was gonna say I have a girl crush but it's not it's a soul crush like I just that woman like she's just like she's just so free like and her like just her honesty and authenticity it's like it's kind of overwhelming at times like how raw she's willing to be how vulnerable um but it's really inviting like I've never like I genuinely like feel that's probably the best way I can describe her it's just like raw vulnerable um creative inviting but like yeah overwhelming how willing she is to put herself out there how willing she is to to feel how willing she is to help other people on their journey feeling. But it was amazing then to read the book after watching like the YouTubes of her, watching the interviews to then read the book where she kind of explains it all and explains her vulnerabilities and her difficulties in getting to where she is. And for someone that is so open, raw and authentic that she still had the limitations in being vulnerable and letting certain people in and in asking. So like how it ended up being that like this appeal to me and the concept of it was I was talking a lot about the fact that 
you know, reading into a lot of these different things and the books I read, like Eckhart Tolle and all this stuff, like delving into like ego and what's behind the way I think about certain things and myself even like exploring my own issues I've had and mind frame and like with my counselor and stuff like that in the past and it all kind of connected quite fundamentally to very similar themes and very similar things behind it and this book was the very same and like everything she was talking about and it was the art of asking like I was complaining that I always find it very difficult to ask for help I would help anyone with anything I would like anyone call me up and needed help with something I would do it but I found myself left hanging numerous times where I didn't know how to ask like using exams that we've both done like for MNU exams even it came to the time of doing the exams and I had a lot of stressful stuff going on personally and behind the scenes but I hadn't really spoken about it to anybody or said anything and I was very stressed out and I was really worried about the exams but anytime I mention that to someone, people go, oh, but you'll be grand. And I was just like, but I'm not very good at this type of stuff. And then I realized it was my own fault because I'd never told anyone of any areas that I might have needed extra help with or might have needed support. I didn't reach out and give people the opportunity to help me. And it made me kind of really open my eyes thinking back on this. It was kind of like, why does nobody see my struggle or like offer me help? And it's like, because I hid it because I didn't want to be seen to be that vulnerable or not able or to be stressed. Like, obviously, obviously it went well in the end, but, you know, that's one example of so many times in my life that that has happened where I like to be asked for help, I like to be the helper, but I find it very difficult in times where there's a lot going on or I have, I have issues or I, I need help. I find it very difficult to ask even people I'd be close to family partners it's like that level of vulnerability from someone who is a communicator class myself as very open um touch with like emotions I would still always hold that back and I think reading through this book was amazing for me to kind of just really cement the layers of understanding why I do it and why I wouldn't ask for help and it's kind of it's a lot of ego a lot of imposter syndrome a lot of fear of being seen as weak or vulnerable or people seeing through that like I, I can't do things or being judged for something it's like fundamentally for me it's like anything of not feeling enough not being enough like and not being enough for someone not being smart enough not being kind enough not being anything not being a good enough partner not being pretty enough not being lean enough and like the spectrum of any of the issues I've had throughout my life with like my mental health or like disordered eating issues and stuff when I was younger and it all comes back around to that same thing of not feeling like I'm enough and then that leads you to not want to be that that offer that little bit of vulnerability and that's the thing Amanda really touches on in this book is like she is an extremely creative, open person who wants to be seen. Like, you know, to the point of like people would see her as an exhibitionist at times. And, you know, she's a creative person. And like so much of her youth, she worked as like a street performer and like no words. And like every day she she would be out there performing with people looking at her. And like she had no problem 
being visual to them and asking people for money, so to speak, to give her money. But she saw it as a performance, like she gave them something. There was a transaction in her being a performer. There was, it was there was always something there. So she could ask them for that money. As a crowdfunded artist, she's asking her supporters for money, for support to fund albums, full fund like tours everything you know and that's not an issue when it came down to the fundamentals of her asking someone closest to her to simply support her financially for a period of difficulty she couldn't do it she couldn't be vulnerable with that person she cared about most like this is just touching on the book there's so much more to it as you know but this is the fundamental I think chain of the point is like not being able to be vulnerable like what's that about like why can't you be vulnerable with this person who loves you why can't you give them that gift and accepting the fact that being vulnerable and authentic enough with someone to give them the gift of your vulnerability to give them the gift that you receive like if I help people I feel great why won't I give that to someone else that gift of being vulnerable and allowing them to help me and to support me and it's like really looking at that and looking at your whys behind why you don't do it and accepting the fact that it is kind of ego fear you know of being seen as incapable of not being enough and figuring out what can make you feel enough to be able to be fully authentically vulnerably yourself and give those who love you the gift of asking them for help if you need it you know and accepting that help and being big enough to know needing help isn't a sign of weakness and that you're fully enough but you're enough asking for support I think that's the 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 big thing that I got from that book and why I related to it so much and I love the fact that Amanda being such the character that she is there's just a line that runs through that book that everybody I think will resonate with everyone will take something from it the underlying theme it's like even the forwards written by Brene Brown another one of my favorites and they are such like they are poles apart as people but that line of what they believe in and what they talk about of connection of vulnerability of courage of all of that it's the line that runs through it all and it's what should, what's foundationally important to all of us and stepping outside of our ego and learning to see that we were we've always been enough like you're always enough you're enough without everything I think even bringing that back to right now with everything that's going on with all of us, with all the trappings taken away, with everybody feeling a little bit vulnerable and uncertain and afraid, it's like having the opportunity to sit back and sit with it and be enough without all of that. Like kind of reevaluate our priorities, reevaluate what really matters, our intrinsic needs and our values and what really matters to us. And what doesn't, what's just like nice to have or like, you know, luxuries and stuff like that. This is an opportunity to really sit there and find those values and focus on them a little bit more and realize we're enough without so much else, you know, and that the need to ask for help and being vulnerable is a gift that you can give other people. And it's the gift of like your real true self, I suppose, and allowing them to to support you. I think it nurtures stronger relationships. I think it's something that I know myself I'm going to have to work on and I'll have to work on. I've got the word enough tattooed on my arm for a reason, you know, as a constant reminder to stay focused on those aspects of myself. And, you know, I try and do that and support my clients and that as well as much as I can. 
because a lot of the time it is our, our heads that will get the better of us beyond anything else and yeah I do that like god I know I went off on like a little bit with regards to the book but I genuinely think it's a phenomenal read for everybody man or woman I know as you said the cover has a very female edge to it but get be get beyond your ego guys and read the book <laughs> it is one of those things though because when I think when you when you are in your own head you think you're the only one with those thoughts but when you read the book you're like so many more people because Amanda gets a lot of fan mail and emails and social media stuff and you're like everyone like a lot of people feel the same thing the whole ego is getting like the, the book ego is the enemy is it a one that kind of comes into my head now um and there is an art to asking and it is not being afraid to ask for help seeing it as like a gift you know it's not like going to someone just asking for for stuff relentlessly for no reason not giving them something back you know if it's somebody who loves you they love you you can ask for their help if it's somebody in like that you're learning from you can ask for their help you can ask one of your peers for advice or support and help to guide you you know they're okay to be vulnerable just going up to someone and randomly asking them for something that you just want you know from them like unnecessary it's like oh here i want your jumper why just because i like it give it to me that's not that's a, like probably a bad <laughs> bad analogy but like it's like you know what i mean it's like it's it's knowing how to do it the, the art of it you know yeah i think i think like she sums it up brilliantly because i think a lot of people when they are if they were to look at her as a street performer some people would see that as begging but she saw it as art and a way of paying for her art or her performance rather than the whole thing that a lot of people would have seen as begging transaction uh, of connection she gave them something she gave them human connection something that we're all sorely lacking so you know that moment with that like today i posted about like eye contact with people and just being nicer to people day to day we can be apart and separate and social distancing but we can smile and nod at each other and you know acknowledge each other and try to still connect with just a look you know it's so important and I think that's what she said is that I guess the transaction was as a street performer was the ability to connect with people in that moment and speak with her eyes to them and that's I think why she's like legendary in the crowdfunding nobody's ever been able to manage to do what she's done but when you read about how above and beyond she goes to spend time with and connect with her her like audience on a very very personal level and be at one with them and really connect with them and hold people and like physically emotionally mentally the time that goes into it with being that vulnerable you know but if you um, watch the interview with tim ferris like she's it's brilliant it's a really 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 cool interview and she like talks a lot about the idea of the times that she's still vulnerable and people that like you know people think she's Amanda Palmer she doesn't give a shit about anything she's like you know she's she's got it sorted because she's like so mentally strong now and but then there'd be people who attract like trash her in magazines and she'd be like she can get all this praise in the world and then there'd be this one journalist who'll like tear her a new one or call her an exhibitionist and like say nasty things and that will be the thing she can't get out of her head and it's like I love her honesty to be kind of like it just demonstrates you you can learn you can grow you can work on being stronger mentally but there's you're still going to have those little glitches sometimes and those little things that you know don't matter but are going to get to you but it's been able to move beyond them it's been able to not live there not live in that stress not live in that horrible feeling not live in that negative mind space it's to 
it's to allow them to pass and work through them I think is huge but yeah I definitely have a soul crush if that's even a thing have I just that made that up? I think that is, I think it's just trademark it yeah copyright yeah soul crush soul uh, crush hashtag a life will be boring if you weren't continuously improving I think like oh god I think the I got a quote from or the saying from the monk who sold his Ferrari was Kaizen which is continuous improvement and that's one of the things that stuck with me big time from one of the lessons that from last year I think after meeting up with yourself and Steve was one of those things is how far you have come how long how you've moved from A to B when it's actually probably more likely A to Z but it's A to B in your head so it is important to as you've said journal because then you'll you'll look back at those notes potentially when you're a little bit older and you'll be like I've actually achieved this X, Y and Z why am I being so hard on myself Um, senior groups sometimes progress in any kind isn't linear and you're not always going to see the win sometimes you know but you're always kind of moving but it's giving yourself it's not just focusing on one constant outcome that that's all you're striving for give yourself a chance to see all the other spectrums of progress 100 percent um i think we'll go to the last question um in relation to we've got two questions Shane I'm gonna let you decide okay we've got the cognitive dissonance one or admit it you don't want to they kind of tie in pretty well okay I'll let you I'll let you intertwine all right so cognitive dissonance everyone I love I I, I do like cognitive dissonance to talk about it's an interesting one and it's one that like I think everyone will recognize once I explain it because we are all there. It's like cognitive dissonance is like two conflicting desires. It's like a torn mentality. It's like the mental like discomfort when you simultaneously hold two or more kind of contradictory ideas or beliefs, like rules, and then it gets triggered when someone suggests a new idea or thought and it goes against those beliefs. So like you end up in a cognitive dissonance. So how I could apply that is say, well, weight loss is probably the easiest because it's an easy one that we can play around with. So you want to lose weight. Science dictates you need to reduce your calories. So person believes that they can eat intuitively keto um, without managing their energy balance and they can lose weight. So the facts are this isn't true. They need to, they need to supply like, the energy balance. They need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. When confronted with those facts, the person wants to resolve their discomfort, their cognitive dissonance. So they want to resolve it, so they're going to make an excuse. So they'll come up with an excuse of like, okay, say, oh, that coach, she's just anti-keto. She doesn't want me to eat intuitively, like high fat, low carb. So she's just telling me that it should be like, I need a calorie deficit. She's one of those like seco people. You know, it's like that. that's a cognitive dissonance because your mind you want to believe that keto it's that's your bias that's where your mindset is and so it's a contradictory belief so when someone like brings forward to you an idea that doesn't sit with what you want to believe or with your ideology you make an excuse that kind of ties into admit it you don't want to and it kind of comes to the point where like you're going to make excuses to prevent yourself from success you make an excuse that's going to limit you from achieving what you want like with any change you need to have a willingness to change you need to have an intention to change or it's not going to happen if you don't really want to do something if you don't believe in what you're doing or trust what you're doing is going to achieve the results or buy into it at all you're not 
going to apply yourself properly. So you're not going to get the results you want. You're not willing to be uncomfortable and break through that cognitive dissonance. And I think a lot of people have cognitive dissonance in so many areas of their life. You know, they have belief systems that are so set in place that it limits them from achieving what they want. Like, be it like a confidence issue, like belief in themselves mentally, belief in themselves physically, or when it comes to weight loss, believing in certain dietary practices or principles that are actually long-term not going to benefit them and that they're not going to work for them. But they're so caught in that bias, they've bought into something so much that they're not willing to, to admit that they were wrong, you know, to admit that this doesn't work. So they got caught in that cognitive dissonance, knowingly or unknowingly, and they, they make excuses to themselves and they make excuses to coaches, they make excuses to family, friends, depending on what the issue is. Yeah, see, so it's something that, as coaches, we have to support people to work through. And sometimes you have to give them like little wins and like nudge people in the right direction and get some little results to kind of help them through it. But for people at home, if they think they have a cognitive dissonance, they really have to sit down and think about it. I bet like every single person listening, if they really thought about it, will be able to figure out something that they have a cognitive dissonance about. I bet you do. I know I do. That there's things that, you know, it's a dis- it's, a, it's uncomfortable to think about that, you know, that you should do something to help you, that you should do something that's going to, like, sleep everyone yet again, (laughs) that you should do something that's going to benefit your health, be it mentally, physically, but you don't do it, and you don't really know why, and it's because you've got a cognitive dissonance, there's something stopping you, there's some belief system or some reason or something in your head that's preventing you from doing this, that you, you just don't want to do it. And you need to work through the reasons why you don't want to do something, work through the cognitive dissonance for why you're not doing something, get uncomfortable, figure that out, and then you can finally take the steps towards doing the thing that you you really want to do, doing the thing that's going to benefit you. Like, yeah, it's we're complex. We're really complex humans. I think the one that's probably very applicable at the minute is we know we probably should move a little bit more and probably should be doing some form of training but we not we may not necessarily be doing it whether it be doing body weight or if you're lucky enough to have kettlebells you're looking enough to barbells or dumbbells in the house we some people um i fell into this last after the t-shirts announcement last friday I just didn't want to do anything over the weekend. On Saturday, I was like, I just don't want to do anything. I'm going to go for my walk, but I just didn't want to train. And then at like five or six o'clock, I was like, that. I normally train first thing in the morning. And at like six o'clock, I was like, do you know what, Shane? You're going to have to cop the fuck on here and actually do something. And I would say it was probably the best session I had because there was a little bit of like anger in me for yeah. why I was arsing around for the whole day. Um, but I, I, I 100% agree that you have to figure it out for yourself. Coaches... And mentors can lead you down a path, but you have to walk down the path. Exactly. It's like, it's okay now and then to have a day with all this upheaval where if you really do just want to do nothing and sleep a bit more and, you know, have that day of just a bit of wallowing, it's like, do it. If you feel the need to do it for a day or whatever, do it. You know, be kind to yourself, give yourself that break. But don't live there. Don't stay there. You know, you know, you need to, to, to try and look at ways that are going to work for you 
that will work instead of looking at reasons why you cannot do things I can't work out I don't have kettlebells I don't have dumbbells I don't have this that and the other I can't do push-ups like instead of giving yourself excuses and this isn't being harsh and saying that like instead of giving yourself excuses look for the things you can do don't look to do what everyone else is doing if you find some good online yoga classes to do or you know you can go for a walk or you can just do some bodyweight stuff like squats and dips on a chair and things like that you know do them there's a lot of online workouts out there and it will involve you sitting down potentially and coming up with some ideas of what you can do you know making out a little plan for yourself of what you can do and start small it's there's no specific exercise you need to do right now except to try and stay moving you know as much as you can even if it is a daily walk walk run along with doing some minimal like body weight stuff be it like some body weight exercises or even some free yoga or pilates or people are doing online that's sufficient that's great you know this is just about maintaining your health you're not looking to compete you're not looking to boost performance you're not looking to like get ripped you're not looking you're looking to maintain your health to nourish to stay moving to keep yourself healthy that's the priority right now and if you just focus on that and what you can do to support that instead of what you can't pick a couple of changes you can make that's gonna support you a lot more it's going to be a lot easier to approach it's going to be when we look at everything we have to do it looks like this broad spectrum of so much and it's really overwhelming but if you take it just in one step at a time of like you know what, today I am going to go for a walk, but I'm going to research some exercises that I can do, find someone online that puts out some good yoga or good Pilates every day, and I'm going to do that. I've seen a few people that are doing live yogas here in Dublin and stuff every evening. I can do that. Or, you know, someone who's putting out some live workouts and stuff. I'm, that's just body weight. I'm going to do that three times a week, and that's it for the next couple of weeks and I'll go for my walks it's loads that's enough to manage your health and manage your fitness and the sense of achievement you're going to feel and the sense you're go- like you're going to feel amazing after moving anytime you do exercise no matter what you felt like before you always feel a sense of achievement afterwards you know like you always feel better you always feel like like better quality you always feel like you're going to sleep better that night you just yeah it's the positives are just always going to outweigh any negatives beforehand and you're not doing this for anyone else it doesn't have to be anything special or spectacular you're you don't need to hit any pbs in anything or hit any number of anything it's just move just find a way to move that you can do what you can within the constraints of your situation right now within like you know whatever you can do right now that works for you is what you can is what you need to do don't focus on everyone else it can get really overwhelming just focus on what you can do to support your situation now i think i think this is one of those episodes where i think a lot of note-taking will be done uh it's like it's an incredible episode for kind of people with boredom eating getting rid of that bullshit that's out there about immune boosting supplements talking about cortisol and not kind of not blaming that for the reason why you're potentially not achieving your goals cognitive distance dissonance uh, it's easy for some people to say and admit <laughs> admit it you don't want to i think they're very very apt at what's going on at the minute um so what's coming up next for you jane for me i am continuing on still doing um online coaching 
um, and my private practice when I can get back to it and actually meet and see people. But uh, my online coaching has built a lot this year. So I've got clients around the world now. Um, I am still taking online clients. If people want to contact me about that, there is room on Team Real Nutrition. I'm also doing at the moment, um, quite a few people have reached out for like online consultations, um, which is a service I also offer if people want to reach out for that. It's really great for people who just want to kind of fine tune their nutrition or just pick my brain for an hour and a half and get some extra support on their nutrition and where they're at on their behaviors, how they can shift their lifestyle to best support their goals. So that's another service I'm offering. Um, I've been approached to do a few more talks and stuff um, later this year, depending on the situation and when that can be done. But um, probably be doing events like Women in Wellness and stuff when that comes back again and a few other talks, kind of building on the seminars and talks I did over the course of last year, which are amazing talks that in the UK and here in Ireland. So we'll be hoping to build on that a little bit more too and lots more stuff like this. But primarily now... Um, Heading, I was about to launch a six-week program, which I've put on hold given the current climate because I just did not feel it was the right time for those who were enrolling in it to get the best out of it or for me to, to launch it in general. I, I really want to put it off until a later time where it's going to better serve those who are signing up for it. Um, it's going to be my Empower Your Nutrition program, which is going to be really excited about it. It's a six-week program that is going to be really helpful for people in supporting performance, fat loss, and a supportive community. Um, lots of videos, lots of live Q&As with me in the private Facebook group that will be run under for the group, um, supporting each other with check-ins and everything. It'll be a really amazing kickstart for anyone who wants to overhaul their lifestyle and fitness, and it'll be a lot of fun as well, I think, too. So I advise people to stay tuned for that. Like, um, it will be coming back up again, the structure's in place to get it up and running. So hopefully autumn now I'll be able to launch that. And so, yeah, it's kind of a lot of little, little, little bits and pieces in the pipeline. But primarily right now, I'm just trying to keep a focus on my online coaching, offering the best support I can to my current clients, given this current climate to the best of my ability and be a support for them. And for anyone else who needs to reach out and People can feel free to DM me or email me if they have any questions or need some support. I I realize it's a difficult time for a lot of people and, you know, people can't necessarily afford coaching and stuff all the time. If people need a bit of support or advice, please feel free to reach out and ask me questions on my Instagram, on my email. If I can advise or help or point people in the right direction, I will. For those who are interested in coaching or picking my brain further, reach out for the online coaching or... Um, information for me as well so i will put in jane's information at the bottom of the write-up up on itunes out up on spotify if you want to message her i would advise you working with jane if you've learned anything from this i can only imagine what you're going to um, learn off jane from working with her on a daily or weekly basis when she is doing your check-ins and you're kind of checking in with her all the time jane thank you so much for giving up so much of your time i didn't mean to keep you on this with the, the call for so long <laughs> Thank you for having me in my tangents. <laughs> we we come as a package. Yeah, we're great. We we've been on the phone now for nearly two and a half hours. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm skyping my family in an hour. I'm like, make it out for a bit of fresh air yeah, before maybe. that. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you. Big thank you to Jane for coming on to the podcast. It was an incredible episode. I really, really enjoyed it. If you guys have enjoyed the episode at all, please do tag Jane 
uh, up on your story and tag myself up on a story uh, it will be up on iTunes and up on Spotify so please do tag the two of us hope you guys enjoy it and took some some useful tips out of that I definitely did um, and it was it was awesome and I love having Jane on I'll definitely try to get her back on as soon as I can uh, for the hat trick appearance guys thank you so much for listening hope you keep safe and I will talk to you very soon